Welcome to Behavior Buff, a podcast for the active parent. Ty and Hillary Krieger dive into ways to reduce the stress of parenting. They throw in a little fitness chatter, but mainly guide you how to raise kids in a positive light by delivering tangible tools to use right away. Listen from them and guests just like you on how to go from survival mode to feeling in control when it comes to your kids. Three, two, one. What is good, everybody? This is Tyler here, your host today for the Behavior Buff Podcast. And I'm going to be taking us through episode two, but really this is the first episode where we're diving into some real topics here. Our topic for the day is why using timeouts and yelling alone doesn't work. And what are the two things you need to get the behavior change that you're looking for from your kids? So through all of our conversations with our parents, either in our private Facebook group, the Behavior Change Collective Parents, or through our one-on-one coaching sessions, punishment time and time again seems to be the most commonly used strategy to address challenging behavior and to try to get your kids to listen. Now this looks like timeouts, yelling, taking away toys and privileges. And this is super common. This is something that we've used ourselves. This is something that everyone seems to go to when you're not being proactive and actually looking at it from an outside point of view. So when your kid's acting up, do these sounds like strategies that you go to? You know, I'm sure it is, but don't worry, you're not alone. And today I want to take some time to dive into why it's ineffective to use these alone and why they don't work. And then what are two things that do? So stick around. This is going to be a great one as we're going to dive into one of the most common pain points with all of our parents in the area of behavior change. First, we're going to talk about timeouts. Now, timeouts generally don't work for one main reason. The time in isn't preferred. So let's think about this. If the time in is not something that the kids want to be in, for example, if they're having uh, trouble eating some dinner, they throw some food on the floor. All right, now go to your room, take a time out. Well, that's exactly what those kids want. Another example could be your kids doing homework and your kid starts to get frustrated, yells at you, throws their pencil across the room and they start to whine and complain. You get annoyed, frustrated. Again, you tell them to go sit in the corner. Now in both those situations, that time in wasn't something they wanted to be doing in the first place. So when you delivered that time out, you in theory gave them exactly what you want. So when we're thinking about timeouts, we really have to think of it from that function point of view. And function by function, I mean why. Why is the kid acting out in the first place? And that's going to give us a really strong foundation to analyze if a timeout is actually even appropriate or if it's actually reinforcing the behavior. Another reason timeouts tend to not work is because they really require a certain level of cooperation. If your kid isn't willing to go sit in the corner or go to their room, Now you have an additional power struggle on your hands on top of the first one that caused the issue in the first place. And worst case scenario, this could turn physical. And this is the last thing that anybody wants. The next up on our list of strategies that aren't effective is yelling. All right. So I'm going to talk about this one because we really struggle here too. We're not perfect. And we may even yell on a daily basis, but it's something that we're actively working on. Here's a reason why I feel like I yell, my wife yells, and a lot of the parents, pretty much every single parent group that we talk to yells because it's tricky. And the reason it's tricky is it works, at least right away. It does stop behavior in the immediate short term because ultimately what yelling is, is a startling action, right? You're yelling and you're startling your kids and a startle response will stop any behavior, whether it's a challenging behavior or it's a good behavior. But the reason why yelling doesn't work long term is because your kids ultimately get used to the yelling 
tone. They get used to the raised voice, they get used to it, and then it no longer startles them and it no longer stops their behavior. In, in the field of applied behavioral analysis, we call this term habituation. It ultimately means that they just habituate to that, to that tone, that level increase, and it no longer startles them. Even worse off, for some kids who are really active attention seekers, this may be a reinforcing point for them. They may actually act out to gain access to your yelling. And this is what we would call negative attention, but it's still attention. And if they know that you're going to be paying attention to them, whether it's yelling or not, then you could potentially be reinforcing your child's problem behavior through your yelling, which then could show them that, hey, this is how I get attention. Also, our kids are always looking to us as the examples for how to handle themselves. And when we yell at our kids when they're not listening, we're showing them that this is the way that you handle someone who isn't in agreement with you. You yell at them. And I know that I definitely don't want to be setting that example for my children. I want to, ha I want to raise kids who know how to handle conflict in a calm and mature way, not yelling, at, not yelling at people. So that's why yelling is ineffective. And so now we're sitting there saying, all right, Tyler, you've told me the two main things that don't really work for managing behavior. So what does work? All right. What is the what is the way to handle this thing? What are the two things that I need? The two things that you need are one, clear and consistent expectations, and then two, positive reinforcement for following those expectations. So long and short, we need to define what those things are that we're asking them to do. And then we need to praise them for following those things. Did they sit at the table for even just 30 seconds with the family? Praise them for it. Hey, good job sitting at the table, Kalen. I love when you sit with us. Now, you know, this can seem fake and forced at first, and that's okay. Fake it till you make it, I always say. But in reality, it's really letting your kids know that they're going to get your attention for behaving appropriately, not for being either not listening or, or not behaving appropriately or for being bad. You got to fill up their behavioral bank accounts with that positive reinforcement. What's a behavior bank account? Don't worry. We'll touch more on that at a different date. But for right now, just remember, putting in those positive deposits is really what's going to get you long-term behavior change. Providing kids with support and structure is key. Now, granted, this may take a little bit of planning on your end, but not too much. You need to guide them on what is expected. And for us, we call these things family expectations, and they're actually listed out in our house. These expectations make it super clear what is expected of everyone and allows for consistent and constant consequences. This is what we have listed as our family expectations. Number one, try to always use your words when you're upset. Number two, tell the truth. Number three, anyone over the age of five folds their own clothes. This one was great for us because the girls start to complain about folding their clothes. I just revert back to the family expectations and I say, hey, let's remember the rules. And then there's no additional complaints usually after that. Number four, we always do our best. In sports, in homework, in social settings, we're gonna always try new things. Tell everyone that you love them after you get in an argument with them. I love this one because it's even funny to watch them say sorry to each other, even if it's like, oh, I'm sorry, under their breath. But hey, they followed the rules. Number six, and here's a huge one, be safe. This one's huge for us because if they're playing in the road or if they're not doing something safe with in the, within the house, we can just say, hey, you know what, guys? I'm sorry, you're not being safe. The family rules is to be safe, and that's not safe. Number seven, respect everybody's personal space. This one speaks for itself, but unfortunately, when you're a parent, What's personal space, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Following bedtime routines is our eighth expectation. And this is a simple sheet of the steps that we require for our girls before they're getting ready for bed. So don't worry, I know that was a lot. We're going to post an example of this in our show notes today. Additionally, we'll post another example from a family who we've done one-on-one coaching with so you can see what their expectations are because every family has different expectations. Every family has different rules and different challenges in their home. So this is a chance to really make yours clear and understood. All right, so there it is. Your first two main things that you should really put effort into in order to make some positive behavior change in your own home. It's a great starting place. So you guys ready for some action items? All right, I know you are. Here they are. So before you guys get some Netflix and chill time or head to your next soccer practice, I want you and your spouse to sit down and really think about what are the three, four, five, six family expectations that we have that can make our life go much smoother and bring more joy into our home. Think about them, jot them down. It can be on a little sheet of paper. It can be in your notes on your phone. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to get out there. Then after that, bring everybody together and let's talk about them as a family. Maybe your kids have a few that they want to throw in as well. Respect them, listen to them, bring them in as part of this process because that's going to get their buy-in that much more. And then you guys have a really great baseline and a foundation upon which now you can throw reinforcement and positivity around and really start to see some of those accepted and, and expected behaviors in your home and hope to see some of those challenging behaviors start to fade away. All right, guys. So last thing I'm going to ask is that as you get those expectations written out, I'd love for you to snap a picture and tag us at Behavior Change Collective either on Instagram or Facebook because we absolutely love to see when the collective comes together and it really helps other parents to see examples of what other families are doing and it helps to really build that momentum of positivity. So do that for us, guys. Do it for yourself and let your expectations dictate behavior. Hey, guys. Hillary here. What a great episode by Tyler on how to define your family expectations. I just wanted to hop on one more time just here quickly at the end to reiterate that you're defining your family expectations to use them as a guide as to why you have to punish or discipline or take stickers away, if you're doing a sticker chart, you will just use these family expectations or family rules as a guide to dictate behavior. So you won't have to resort back to what you've always done, which is yelling, timeouts, or taking toys away. You will just use your family expectations as a guide to dictate their behavior. So again, If you would like to see our example of this, you can head to our show notes. And additionally, I will be posting a family expectations from one of the parents that we work with one-on-one, what their family expectations chart looks like because everybody's is different. Everybody has different aged kids in their household. And it's just a really cool thing, I think, for others to see what everybody else is posting as their family expectations. And if you do it, take a picture and post it on Instagram or Facebook. I know that Tyler already mentioned this or send it to us in a message. We'd love to see it and love to see even just funny family expectations that you have. Sometimes people say that their five or six-year-old have ones as to we had a family that said that their five-year-old said, nobody steps on my Barbies. So 
They wrote it on the family expectations. Nobody is stepping on her Barbies and everybody had to sign off on it. <laughs> so anyways, again, thank you so much for listening in to the Behavior Buff Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. And if you would like, you can click the top button to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We will be releasing new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and we'll try to keep them short and sweet and to the point so that after you're done listening and your commute in your car or listening while you're vacuuming your living room or doing dishes at the end of the night, that you'll be able to implement some tangible tools right away. We'll keep them at around 15 to even just 20 minutes long. We will have a couple longer ones, I think, that will air on Wednesdays, and those will be more interviews with parents or families or business owners that have kids too, and that'll be more of an interview type process so you can hear from like-minded parents just like you that are busy and in the world of raising kids and maintaining an active lifestyle. So we will hear from you guys soon. Click subscribe and don't forget, post your family expectations and send them over to us. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to Behavior Buff Podcast. Make sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Behavior Change Collective.